Well, hello, 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 everyone. I know it has been a minute, but this is Paula Hutchinson, and welcome to the Stiletto Talks podcast, where we continue to forge ahead and create positive narratives for women of color who dare to dream. Um, Today is a very special day um, because this is one of the first podcast recordings that I will do um, after my mother's death. You all are sure aware of the journey that I've had with her regarding pancreatic cancer um, in the 13th months we've endured. Um, And of course, on April the 7th, that came to an end. My mother became an ancestor. So today is a really special day because it's also one of my first uh, days getting back to the norm. And this is a day where I'm kind of the same. I'm going to be the same as you uh, getting to be a student, you know, and to make sure that I understand where we are in finance as I return back to business full time because I pulled away to deal with care of my mom. So we have a very, very special guest today on the Stiletto Talks podcast. Um, First of all, she is dynamite. Um, Once you follow her, you're going to see she is everywhere. Um, And and I can't wait for you to hear some of the challenges she's had. Um, that's one thing that we actually have in sisterhood. Distance uh, doesn't stop that. Is that we have both persevered through surgeries, through sickness, through diagnosis, and through still going to school, being educated in our uh, respective fields so that we can be the best for you. And that's what transition looks like. It, sometimes growth is painful. Um, physically, it can be financial, uh, whatever the case may be. Um, we have a very special person here today that can help put it back together. Um, And so we have Dr. Constance Craig Mason, who will be on the show today. And before I get her to introduce herself and tell you all about her spiel. So we met on a project, on an anthology project. And this is what I tell you all about taking opportunities to uh, invest in some of these projects because it expands your digital platform. We actually uh, were on a platform together and have been actually on a couple of platforms together on anthologies um, that are now number one bestsellers. We've all gone on to do our own anthology projects, but we stay connected. And those connections are what you need because you never know. And so we were able to expand our portfolios during the pandemic and through our surgeries and respective illnesses and everything that we had going on. That's something that we have in common. And what I can tell you is she is a powerhouse. Um, I'm going to let her do her own spiel because she is so awesome sauce. Um, But we would like um, Dr. Constance Craig Mason to introduce herself and tell us a little bit about her and who she is before we really get off into the interview. So Dr. Constance, the newly uh, bestowed Dr. Constance too. Congrats to you. Uh, we want to knock that out and um, go ahead and introduce you. Thank you, Paula. I just wanted to just say shout out to you for your resilience. Firstly, I understand how it is, you know, fighting through challenges and sometimes through tears to be able to be a leader in this space. So thank you for pushing through and allowing me to be here in your village. So I'm Dr. Constance Craig Mason. I am a financial consultant, an insurance broker, an author, a speaker, a mentor. Uh, But most importantly, I am a wife, a mom, and a grandmom, and I absolutely uh, adore being all of those things uh, to so many people. But first and foremost, I am a child of God, and I 
just love, love, love to shed love and light into every room and every space that I go into. And so whether I'm looking my sister eye to eye or another entrepreneur, I am looking to see how I can uplift and add value in some way. So thank you for having me on your show. We are so excited and honored that uh, you say yes to the opportunity. I told you this before we even started, um, that we are just so excited to have you um, because now we're all outside appears to be back open. Right. Um, and so as we, as outside open, we found ourselves now in uh, political things uh, worldwide mm. that have caused, uh, that have caused, um, unfortunately, um, things to go up. And so just when we thought we could make it in the new normal, <laughs> Um, here we are on the next round. And this also starts to hit us in the pockets. Um, we're starting to assess our finances to see where we are. Uh, some have made the decision during the great resignation, like, hey, I'm going to do what I can to stay and, and manage for myself. So to that, um, Constance happens to be um, a financial expert. And when I tell you about financial experts, yes, your friends may be able to count money and stuff like that, but I'm talking about someone who is certified and trained to help you monitor your money, understand your money, grow your money and have legacy. As we all have learned life and death, it, we have all been in this balance of just trying to stay alive, um, through the pandemic. And at the end of the day, while this has become a taboo topic um, in our uh, culture, finance and legacy is the keys, one of the keys that we need to help provide wealth to the next generation. And so if you are a 70s baby like myself um, and beyond, you're probably extremely top heavy in debt regarding student loans or maybe starting your own business or maybe you've started a business before and it's failed. You've been discouraged or you're trying to just get the start of funding, just get started. And so one thing that I've seen in my 30 years as a business owner is people start to marry their money. They can't separate the business money from their personal money. And I can just share with you, I've tried it. They, that's a marriage that does not work. <laughs> so. Constance, you have been in um, finance for 13 years. So how have you seen finance change, especially among entrepreneurs or dualpreneurs? What has changed over that scope during time that we really need to be aware of our money now more than ever? Yeah, I will say just recently, actually, we have all experienced the pandemic in a lot of unique ways. And oftentimes we we like to point fingers if we're not in a great place financially, right? Maybe we didn't grow up with a silver spoon in our mouth. Maybe we didn't have good habits when we were young adults, you know, in and out of college. And, you know, once we got out on our own and we want to blame someone, we want to say, hey, I didn't have the right uh, resources. I didn't have the talk with my parents about money and savings and things of that. But the pandemic really kind of knocked the wind out of all of us from various different ways. And it seemed like it was a third party element that came in. Right. And so I personally was stricken with an illness. Right. So I had some respiratory issues and also had COVID. And so that was a direct correlation to 
cannot even afford, me personally as a professional, cannot even afford to be sick in this moment, right? And I know a lot of entrepreneurs, especially Black women in finance um, and Black women in business, we have a disparity. You know, first of all, there's not a lot of us, um, but we are leading the charge in the aspect of starting businesses, being passionate about what we do, passionpreneurs. And we don't always have access to the same opportunities and funding. And so when the pandemic hit, it allowed a lot of us to really just sit back and see if we were already in a good position and we could weather that storm and be resilient, or if we couldn't and we would end up having to close our doors and maybe going in a different direction completely. And so I just wanted to touch on some of the wealth gaps that were already existing that the pandemic kind of exposed in a greater way. So we already knew that we oftentimes didn't have access to home ownership as one of the challenges. Um, being able to have your own tangible asset is one of the primary uh, foundational elements to building financial independence. And I feel like we are continuing to be behind the eight ball, even in that aspect. Um, but then when I think about having access to high paying jobs and funding and entrepreneurship that too presents a problem for us and has presented issues. Um, being able to have access to financial literacy. And I know nowadays we're starting to see, you know, more of that open up, you know, we're seeing in, in churches and sometimes in schools now, um, but it was just you know, starting to come about that financial literacy should be at the forefront and not an afterthought. And so having access to understanding these terms and, and definitions and how it actually applies to your own life. So financial literacy has been an issue. And also, I would say having access to financial experts, right? We hear these terms, financial coaches, uh, consultants, agents, even advisors and planners, all of these words spinning, spinning around in our heads and we don't know where we fit in the midst of that. Who do I go to when I have financial challenges? Who do I go to to talk with when I'm not necessarily challenged, but I have something coming up and I don't wanna make mistakes and I don't wanna be scammed and lose my money? Um, and then the other challenge I would say is lack of savings, which we know is an ongoing thing, especially in, in the communities of color, and access to education without having to go into a huge amount of debt. So this pandemic really, it, it took the lid off of all of that stuff that was already there, you know, and I find that a lot of people were able to pivot in the pandemic and use this virtual space uh, to get more revenue in, to get access to potential clients a lot faster. And myself in particular too, you know, I used that opportunity to invest in myself. And so I was able to learn more. I was able to get more licenses in my space. And now it has positioned me even as an entrepreneur myself, a black woman of uh, entrepreneurship to be able to say, hey, what's my next step? And how does that relate to my ideal client? So I said all that to say, there were already challenges. The pandemic presented a lot more that we didn't even know existed. Um, but now we have to look it in the face and decide what am I in my home, in my business, in my family, in my community, what am I gonna do about it? What is within my realm to change? And it really starts with us looking in that mirror. 
I uh, had my uh, recording on mute for myself so you couldn't hear me because I probably was just doing a good Kojic shout uh, because this is one of those things that when we have stiletto talks events that can get a little tricky for some people because they feel like they're being targeted or being outed regarding money. And one of the things we have to stop as women of color is to stop having the spirit of offense, um, mm -hmm. especially when it comes to learning. And you touched on a couple of things. First of all, we open businesses five times faster. And that was before the pandemic. That mm -hmm. has not only maintained that, but we have actually increased. And so the new numbers will start to come out and we will see this. As uh, Dr. Constance stated, the other issue is there is there was already a wealth gap and a funding accessibility gap there. Um, and of course, once uh, the George Floyd situation occurred um, in conjunction with the pandemic, you started seeing things such as standing in solidarity and there were opportunities for women of color to gain education for access to funding. Um, I was a participant in a program for free and it has allowed me to add that extra thing on my resume so I can add some extra commas. But I was yeah. also sad to see that there were a lot of women that did not want to do the journey. They started, but once mm -hmm. they realized that they actually had to do some work, um, there was some accountability factors there. There would be peer feedback, um, and they actually had to do worksheets on their finances, not that they had to share it with anyone, right. but that for them to see, I think that sometimes we are overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. um, and I have seen more people just try to disconnect and put it out of their minds. Right. But I will say this, there has never been a better time in America to be a Black woman. <laughs> yeah. We got a vice president named Kamala. And we got a Supreme Court justice named Katanji. Yes. So we never thought we would see this in our lifetime. Um, mm -hmm. We thought after president, OK, we had a good run. This is it. Now we see us in more and more spaces and we're being brought to the table. But I will say this. They're bringing equipped people to the table. They're right. bringing those who have done the work to the table and those who maybe have taken the long road. So. For our culture, we already understand that we're not fast-tracking anything. So, right. Dr. Constance, mm -hmm. when a person realizes, like, I got a long way to go in my finances, mm -hmm. um, and but I need an expert. I know I need help. I know that finance is not my ministry. Um, how do we start the process? How do we just get started at identifying someone that maybe can assist us either virtually? Um, I found that some people may even be more comfortable with someone with some distance um, just because they feel like, OK, that's not my church member. That's not someone in town that know me that can tell my business or something regarding their finances. But how do we uh, get started to really get that process rolling and develop the discipline to monitor our finances? Well, that's a loaded question. <laughs> and, you know, my response to that, at least my, my initial response, is very simple. It comes down to making a decision. And I've done a lot of talks, especially this month. So April is Financial Literacy Month, National Financial Literacy Month. And so this is one of those awareness months where we get to be intentional 
about our money. We get to have conversations. We get to seek out professional help. We get to talk to our loved ones and our family members about things that trouble us and things that we want to do with the money we have. Or maybe we don't have the money just yet, but we have some goals and some things that we want to do. And so I love the awareness months because it puts it right in your face right? If there's no other time, now is the time to, first of all, make a decision that if you are not satisfied with your personal finances and even with your business finances, that you get to decide today is the last day that I'm not going to whatever, or today is the last day that I will no longer whatever, right? And so here's where we can use even affirmations at this time. We can affirm what it is that we want, and we can also affirm what we don't want about our money. And once we start doing that, now we have given life to what it is that we're saying. So for example, if you're saying today is the last day, I will not have extra money in my checking account, right? We talk about, especially biblically, getting to the place where we can have more than enough. And for those believers who are out there who believe that wealth and riches are in your house, as according to what the word has said, and that, you know, uh, the, 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 what is it? Uh, the wealth is stored up for the righteous. If you really believe those things and you have affirmed it, that's part one. But the other part is the work because faith without work is dead. And so the work that comes along with that affirmation and the mindset that goes along with that, you are going to have to take a look at what the checking account actually looks like. And when we talk about first steps, that is one of the first steps because people are often telling me, well, I don't like numbers. I don't know where my finances are, but if we're going to actually work together and make some positive impact, you've got to know. And so once you've made the decision that Today is the last day that X, Y, Z is going to be. And you actually look that thing in the face. Maybe you pull up the last three months of your bank statements or the last three months of your credit card statements to actually see what's been going on. Now, it might look different right now than what it had looked like, because maybe you were affected by the pandemic. Maybe uh, you were on unemployment for an extended amount of time. And maybe that's affected how much uh, revenue you have or how much savings you have. Uh, or maybe you're one of those people that are like, hey, I actually did better in the pandemic because I was forced to pivot and make something happen because I didn't know where my next client was gonna come from. So it forced me to really be intentional about how I get out here and prospect. And so maybe you have extra money in the account, but you've gotta know where you stand, whether it's a little money in there, whether there is enough for just what you have going on, or if there's cash flow left over for the place of options. Listen, I love the word options. Options, oh my God, it just does something to me because it allows us to know that we're not stuck, right? And so when you have extra cash flow, that is the place where options live. And in that space is where you can decide what you're going to do going forward. If you want to invest more, maybe in your business or you want to get into real estate or if you want to, you know, support a, a family or someone in need. Like if you want to um, set up some retirement account, whatever it is, the cash flow is where the options are. And so when I say to people, 
you know, look it in the face, know your numbers. And we can talk about that in a second, what numbers that I'm actually talking about, but know your numbers. And if you're not happy, make it a declaration that this is the last day that it's going to be like this and then seek out the help. Now there's all kind of help out there, you know, all different levels of professionals, but there is somebody who can help you with it. And there's no shame. I know for myself personally, when I'm talking with potential clients or my existing clients, I tell them, been there, done that, got the t-shirt. There is probably not anything you can share with me about your challenges that I either have not gone through myself personally, probably multiple times, right? Or that I've already experienced with working with my clients or have the licensing and the experience. So Taking those barriers and knocking those barriers down within the first few conversations is so important because it's hard to get somebody to the place that they want to be if they're not going to be honest about where they are right now. That is so good. That is just so good. Um, And you talked about, of course, the personal side of it, of because you do have to kind of have these come to Jesus meetings with yourself. And I like what you said when you said that you have to make a decision and a decision is definitive. And I know sometimes we're kind of wishy-washy on ourselves. And so investing Mm -hmm. in ourselves too is also a challenge for a lot of black women because we're so used to giving, but now you're talking about investing and pouring into yourself. And that is a habit. That's a a whole nother subject. We don't even have enough time for that. Because so so many people are just, they, they struggle with, I need to bet on me and I need to get myself together. And mm-hmm. I know for some of you who love these apps and I'm not going to even talk about the little blue van because they come to my house every day too, because that's how my house runs. So we're not going to talk about the little blue van, but some people right. need to, what Dr. Constance is also saying is that you need to map your money out. Even if you don't know the exact number, you need to at least be aware of what you spend money on. So that way it, when they map it all out, when you lay it out, you can identify, okay, maybe this is something you need to put on the back burner for a second so that you can invest in yourself or in your business. And to that, that business. So we got a lot of new entrepreneurs that have come up Mm -hmm. and we want to maintain them, retain them as much as possible. Because what happens is I call it the Captain Caveman syndrome. We be Mm -hmm. flying high for a minute. And then when your friends and or the newness maybe wears off and you haven't invested in more training and or you're tired of pitching and reintroducing yourself, which is actually a part of the business, you introduce yourself every day, multiple times a day um, and constantly working your brand and you maybe have some burnout. Then you start kind of falling out of the sky. You know, now you're not following out with leads. Now you're not investing in your marketing. You know, now you don't know your numbers. And then the money starts to change. And now you're getting frustrated. Now you're trying to do the old thing that you used to do, but the trends have changed and how to introduce yourself to clients um, because now we have so many digital products and now we have moved on. So Dr. Constance, how do we start over as it relates to business? Or even if you're thinking about starting a business, because some people are still like, look, as soon as I hit this certain number, I'm out of this job. I know I want to leave because most people have value. Like what is more important to me? And I think for many of our uh, entrepreneurs, and I'm sure we can both speak to this, having that flexibility for family 
is key. That's very important to us. And I think for some of our newer entrepreneurs who have left the corporate space during the Great Resignation, they figured out like, I like this. This is freedom. But with that freedom comes discipline because now you don't have someone doing it for you. Um, the holding money, the saving money and stuff like that. So for a new entrepreneur, what would be some of your best advice, especially if they're seeking out someone um, to help them with their finances, help them um, create some type of uh, plan for their growth, um, help them create a five-year plan? What would you suggest that they do to get started? My suggestion is before, if at all possible, taking that leap right? That, that great resignation, as they've talked about, is making sure that you are replacing your income because I had to do it myself. And so I'll just use myself as an example. When I got into this business, financial services, back in January of 2009, I never forget, it was actually New Year's Day. Um, I got into this business and I was already working full time in the healthcare space. I was a healthcare manager. Um, I had some young middle aged kids at the time. I was married. And a girlfriend of mine, shout out to Lila Arthur, my first mentor, uh, she had been chasing me down because I had been investing in myself and I had been improving my personal finances. And she was like, listen, do you know that you can make an income from this? Like, this is what you could do for a living. And again, I was in healthcare, So I was like, no, I, I hadn't thought about you know, switching fields or anything. I just tell people for free. So if I know some good information, I'm just going to tell people and, you know, allow them to use that to help themselves. And so she chased me for almost seven years up until that point, January, 2009. And so when I got into the entrepreneurship space and financial services, I said, if I could help people just in the evenings and the weekends, I was working full time, doing this financial thing in the evenings and the weekends, super busy, yes. And I said, if I can help people like that and make great impact on a part-time basis, what could I do if I had my whole day ahead of me where I could plan it out and I could go see people and set appointments? And so I didn't want to have that, oh, the grass is greener type of mentality because I knew nothing about full-time entrepreneurship until I was going to take that leap. But what I knew was how much money I needed to replace in order to tell my full-time job goodbye. And at the time, it was about $2,2500 a month. And so I was able to make that amount of money part-time, evenings and weekends, in about a few weeks. So I told my husband, I said, listen... I think I could really do this. I love it. I'm making good income from it part-time. I don't want to continue to be exhausted trying to do both things. I think I can do it. So he was like, well, if you can consistently, you know, keep this up for about six months, then okay, you know, by all means. So it took me about six months to be able to consistently replace my income and go ahead and leave. Now, I will say as a caveat, I thought that's all I needed to do, sis. I thought that I just needed to replace the two to $2,500 a month because that would set me free. Listen, that was around the time that the economy crashed back in 08, 09, around that time. And even though I had replaced my full-time income, I did not have multiple streams of income. And I actually, to this day, go out and do a talk about how you can get multiple streams of income coming in because had I had multiple streams of income coming in when the economy crashed because of the real estate market and everything, my husband and I would not have had to file bankruptcy shortly after 
I, I went full-time entrepreneurship. Now imagine, and I'm just, I love to keep it real. Imagine being a financial person in this space, helping clients on a daily basis. You know, I left my full-time job, I'm, I'm thriving. And then I'm faced with the fact that, you know, people are struggling right now, just like in this current economy. And I had a decision to make. I'm like, I already left my job. I replaced my income. I was doing well. And now I'm not able to get as many appointments as I was getting before because people are cutting back. They're not wanting to see me. And we did it for as long as we could. And my income dropped so low, we ended up having to file bankruptcy. And I say that to say, that's not all you have to do is replace your income. You've got to get multiple streams of income. So it could be profit income from your business. It could be, you know, earned efforts from, you know, trading dollars for hours. It could be interest income. I have a whole thing on the various ways that you can get it coming in. But I want to tell people, learn from my mistakes, right? I, I thought I was doing the right thing by just replacing it, but no, because when stuff happens and it will, life will happen on your own own efforts based on your own level of understanding about money. And yes, third party things like the economy and the pandemic. Okay. And when those things happen, you want to be able to either ride that wave out and not have to, you know, file bankruptcy or not have to go into the unemployment line because you've already built it the way that it should be. Or you want to have something to say, okay, at least I have these two streams and I can build upon it from here. So my advice, again, is to make sure that Yes, you strategize, but make sure that you have multiple streams, not just the emergency fund, but multiple streams, because that will prevent a lot of hardship along the way. Okay, so take it from me. I got the T-shirt, y'all. Get multiple streams before life hits you. Now, Dr. Constance probably have the T-shirt, but I probably got the T-shirt trophy plaque and probably somewhere in somebody's Hall of Fame. Because <laughs> when I started out as a entrepreneur, I was a stylist. And of course, I wanted to get my own salon. And so I was a stylist and I was fine for the first five years. And then I had my business and my business was ha did well. And I mean, I've been able to even retire from out of uh, full time from behind the chair, which is often a uh, not afford a dream for many stylists. So I feel very blessed and fortunate that I was able to retire out and just have my hair products as part of my income. But wow. what Dr. Mason said that is so good is about the multiple streams. So you all know that uh, I do multiple things <laughs> because I have been in that position because soon as I got my hair products going good, we decided to take a chance and move from Louisiana, which was my base, my home, all mm -hmm. the way to Arizona where you know nobody. And I went from a place with 54% Black to 2% Black. Wow, okay. So I can just say um, that hits different. <laughs> and it was very different. It was shocking and frustrating. And as Dr. Mason stated, it is so important that you own your experience because it's going to still teach you something along the way. Yeah. Um, it's great to also, what she talked about, she communicated with her partner. They mm -hmm. made a decision together to get not fall out, together to create a plan to uh, reimagine themselves. And bankruptcy, you all, a lot of people say, I'm going to fight to the end. I'm going to fight to the end. Sometimes mm -hmm. that's the best thing for you. 
True. Because it will either consolidate things, but it takes a lot of weight and pressure off of you. Because mm-hmm. to be honest, your credit is getting worse and worse mm-hmm. and worse. And you can't buy anything anyway. And right. to be honest, those who are more educated in finance, see, this is where the education part comes into play. If you were educated in finance, you would have known that that's not necessarily a bad thing and may actually work to your advantage right. uh, more so than your disadvantage. Now. Speaking of which, you shared your story and it reminded me that you got a book, Money Talks. You got a whole bunch of families in there talking about their personal business about money. And I don't know how you did that, how you got all of those people to talk about their personal business and money. But mm-hmm. that is awesome. And tell us about how the book is doing now, because I know, of course, you moved on to other things, but it just brought me back to the beginning process of having these conversations in your home, whether it's personal and business. And she actually has a book um, that actually has real couples. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about no gurus now. I know everybody's talking about yeah. guru. They fancy. I'm talking about everyday people going through the same stuff you're going because everything is not posted on social media. These are people that were willing to share their personal stories, men mm-hmm. and women together to reimagine themselves, to have a better life. And that often does take, uh, uh, you have to take an opportunity to look at your finances. Finances Mm -hmm. are so key. And often we are last in line because we do not do so. So how is the book doing today? Because I know it was an Amazon bestseller. Like, first of all, it had already pre-sold well. And then I know that day one, y'all were bestsellers. So tell me about how the book is doing today. It's funny you bring that up, Paula. We actually had two volumes. So we had uh, the first volume came out uh, 2020 and then the second one came out 2021. Well, let me think. No, 2021, the first one came out and 2022, the second one came out. So altogether, we had a total of 34 Black married entrepreneur couples. So they either had a combination of one working a job, the other full-time entrepreneur or both dualpreneurship, or it was, it was a lot going on. Right. And I love how you said they're everyday people. So when we came up with the topic for the book, Money Talks, it's uncut convos with power couples about love, money, and entrepreneurship. Those three topics are topics that my husband and I knew because we experienced them, love, money, and entrepreneurship. And we were able to, in the pandemic, early 2020, And we were able to find couples like us that were willing to share their stories for um, inspiration, for um, collaboration with one another, to give each other platforms and help and just empower people to say, hey, yeah, I'm pivoting and I'm doing a lot right now. I've got kids, I've got business, I've got work, I've got church and I've got all these things. But how can I still show that I'm thriving in this space of uncertainty? And uh, this was uh, my husband and I, it was our first book project together. I had been a part of quite a few collaborative books in the past, but never one with my spouse. And for a lot of the 34 Black married couples, it was the same for them. They had done book projects before, but had never been able to nail down an opportunity opportunity 
with their spouse, because again, we're going in different directions sometimes. And, you know, you always usually have one person in the couple that's the behind the scenes person who doesn't really like all of that being in front of the camera and all of that jazz. And so I love how you say, how were you able to get those people to to sign up? Um, We just wanted to be a help in the pandemic. That's really what it was about. We were like, listen, would you share your story to tell other people how you're pivoting and how you're managing? And we were getting so many yeses that that's why we did two volumes back to back. Um, We have probably about six or seven pastors in this book, in in the two book projects. Um, We have engineers, accountants. We have all kinds of coaches, speakers. uh, We have clinicians. We have about nine veterans in the book projects. I mean, anybody who's anybody that you could think is in this project. And it really wasn't a how-to book. It's really an inspirational book. You know, people have shared about infidelity. They've shared about financial challenges. They've shared about blended families. Uh, they shared about how they're, you know, starting churches and doing all kinds of things that it takes a lot of guts and courage and, and prayer <laughs> and money to do. And sometimes when you fail, you know, you're ashamed of those things. But these people were able to say, hey, listen, I realize that my losses are actually lessons. And I know that if I share it, it will take that shame away from somebody else. And so when we put the books out. Of course, we put them out during a conference that we used uh, as a great platform to educate people. We had um, various panels for spiritual wellness, uh, mental health, finances, entrepreneurship, you know, all of the main topics. And when we launched the book for relationships, you know, of course, it went bestseller because we had a lot of people in one space at one time. Um, But even after the fact, people have come and said, hey, I loved, you know, reading the everyday people. We call them power couples, but we didn't call them power couples because they were like Beyonce and Jay-Z and, you know, Oprah and Stedman and all these people, you know, we called them power couples because we use like an acronym for what we believed power was, you know, it was passionate and purposeful people, open-minded, witty and willing, um, engaging people, um, ethical, um, resilient people. So we use these words and we were looking and we didn't have to look far. And I want to say that I found every single person that agreed to do the book project with us. We either already knew them personally, had a personal relationship with them, or we found them on social media. (laughs) I was shopping for Black excellence during the pandemic uh, on social media. And so I was in Clubhouse and Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn. I was all over the place. And when I saw somebody doing great things, I said, hey, you know, do you think you would want to share your story? You and your husband or you and your wife. And again, the yeses that we were getting, because this was a time when it was civil unrest. This was a time when the pandemic was running rampant and people were just like, I need a platform to be able to have a voice and get my products and services out there and show that I am doing the best that I can to make it. And I'm not doing anything unethical to get where I need to be. And so the book projects and the conference, they were running concurrently. And listen, I don't know how we did it. It had to be the grace of God. But uh, we call it the village because we developed a a space online where people can go and champion one another. You know, we share when people are building homes and anniversaries and grandkids on the way and new children. So, it, you know, it kind of started 
with the whole love money and entrepreneurship, but it has continued to be just a space where we can just say, I see you. And I appreciate who you are and what you're doing. And it will continue to be a space like that for for black people to thrive. So we do have a Facebook community, um, Money Talks, Uncut Convos. That's our book page. Um, But our conference is called the Let's Keep It Real Conference. And so we also have a, a Facebook group page for that. Let's Keep It Real Conference. And, you know, that was just something we decided to do out of our own selves and say, hey, this is what we got and we're going to share it with other people. So I I said all that to say, you do not have to have a lot of money to be able to create a movement or to be able to do something impactful for yourself and other people. You just have to make a decision and you have to open your mouth. And so that's what we continue to do. I just so love, this is probably the most we've ever talked before ever, you all. So I don't want y'all to think like, oh, they rehearsed this. They know each other. That's why the conversation is so good and this, that, and the (laughs) other. This is organic conversation. And uh, where are you located, Constance? We're in York, Pennsylvania, but we're born and raised Baltimore, Maryland. So they way on the East Coast and Mm -hmm. I am way out West in Arizona. And it just goes (laughs) to show the same thing that's happening out West is the same thing that's happening back East. And that's what makes it cultural. That's what makes it relatable. And so finance, whether no matter where you live, no matter your social economic status, no matter your demographics, If you decide to go into business, if you decide to work with someone, you're looking to transition. Um, Mm -hmm. Keep in mind, um, I would certain generations, in particular mine, because I'm a 70s baby. um, Mm -hmm. We are some of the most top heavy in debt. So our baby booming uh, parts, my mother, of course, was able to save and retire and all this other kind Mm -hmm. of stuff. But many of us almost like to draft. You're, You're trading up, trading down, trading out. And it's kind of the same thing. Everything now is so transactional. Right. Um, and so we are part of the generation where uh, working 30 years on one job, that's over. That's over. If you make it, you, you did that. But um, you probably were in there long ago. Um, mm-hmm. And therefore, you're able to do that. Uh, going forward, it will probably be very difficult to do that because the ebbs and flows of business has changed so much. And now that we're in a global space, um, mm-hmm. definitely uh, has changed the game. Um, and as businesses have to reimagine their finances, too, because trust me, great businesses are constantly talking about finance. Yeah. So this is where we as a people have to lose Please lose um, the whole uh, mindset that hey, I'm I don't want nobody know about my money. They don't know me. I don't want nobody in my business or this and the other. It's great in a way that the virtual space has been created because maybe you can find someone to connect with, a community that can help you um, that doesn't know you personally. Um, and often I think sometimes we do that. But what I like that Dr. Uh, Constance has stated is that. Her and her husband just kept it real and all the couples keep it real. So in other words, you can't hold any loss that they ever took over them because they took it, flipped it and made it a lesson. And so it's what you do with the L that matters. Mm -hmm. And that's really that's 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 really the message. It's what you do with the L that matters. And so in terms going forward, um, what do you see the most Um, It's going to be the biggest challenge for 
dualpreneurs or entrepreneurs, or like you said, couples in general, as they navigate this financial space, uh, we're still in these ebbs and flows. Now we're dealing with inflation. I think it's 8.9 everywhere else, but it is 10, over 10% here in Arizona. Um, our market is just skyrocketing out of control. Um, mm-hmm. While we have a lot of economic growth here, um, that con- everything got a cost. Everything costs. And so well, if you decide to fail, that's a cost. If you decide to win, that's a cost. It's just which one you feel like going to benefit you the best when it comes to your well-being overall. Um, And I would probably suggest probably the latter. You probably choose to win. So going forward, what do you see one of the biggest changes in financial trends that minorities need to be aware of um, Mm -hmm. as they navigate that space of, hey, I may want to transition to a business. I may want to have a dual entrepreneurship or that multiple streams of income. What do you feel like is one of the biggest things that we need to pay attention as of today? You just touched on it. And so I love, love, love how we can segue here. So financial well-being, there are a lot of people in this space understanding that they are not happy in a lot of areas, but particularly financially. And just as we would make these, I hate to say, New Year's resolutions and, you know, we would say New Year, New Me and all this kind of stuff. And we often hear that around the aspect of like eating better or health and wellness, dieting and all of that um, New Year, New Me. Um, But on the financial aspect, you hear people saying, hey, you know, this is a year that I'm going to get my house or this is the year that I'm going to really start that book or whatever it is. And it comes down to financial well-being. And oftentimes we don't really know what that means. So we know what our physical wellness is, right? Eating better, moving our body, hydrating. You know, you've got all the various diets out there that, that you could take part in, but we're most conscious of hey, if I'm not feeling great and I'm not looking great, I can do X, Y, and Z about it, basic. And then we think about our mental health, you know, and wellness. And I believe the next month is an awareness month for mental health. But, you know, people are getting more and more apt to talk about not being mentally well, right? Oh, I'm depressed. I I have anxiety or whatever. And those conversations are coming up way more now. And so when we're thinking about our financial well-being, the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, CFPB, um, they are a nonprofit organization that is spearheading the financial literacy component for regular everyday consumers, making sure that they're not being defrauded and making sure that we have access to materials that are going to help us to live better. Right. And so they actually define financial well-being as two main themes. The first theme is financial security. And the other theme is uh, being able to live the life and have a freedom of choice. So security and freedom of choice are the main two elements uh, of financial well-being. But there's some smaller items that we got to think about in that. And so one of them, of course, is financial literacy. So what we have learned over time, what we have seen, you know, modeled before us with our parents, grandparents, and those in our midst. So literacy is important. Financial capacity. So that is, you know, how much income or revenue do you have coming in from your business consistently that affect the behaviors and the habits that you do on a daily basis? So capacity is important in behaviors and and that kind of thing. And then the other thing is your situation. So even if you understand money and you've been doing the right things with the capacity that you have, there is a present situation usually, right? And if I were to ask someone, 
you know, how confident are you that you'll be able to retire early or at some age other than what Social Security tells us? You know, your response to me could really differ depending on your current situation. And so if you are faced with something right now that has kind of made you not as confident about retiring before 60 or whatever, we've really got to get to the point where we can say, well, how can I tackle this situation so I can get back on track to my financial well-being, if that makes sense? So when we think about the two main themes, security, which is all the what ifs, right? Making sure we have emergency money, making sure that we have multiple streams of income coming in, making sure that we have insurances in place so that if something happens to our car, our home, our health, our life, that we can bounce back and and be able to create legacy and move forward. So that's the foundational stuff of security, but being able to enjoy your life along the way, right? The CFPB says that's what we're supposed to do. Take care of your obligations right now. Be able to handle your obligations in the future, but don't negate the fact that you want to have freedom of choice and enjoy this journey. And so when I'm teaching my clients and we're going along working together, yes, we're looking at the foundational things for the what ifs, but we're also looking at the elevation, right? How can I get to the place where I can enjoy my life? I can live the life I want and not have to worry about money. That is my core philosophy. And so Yes, there are some behaviors. Yes, there are some patterns that we have to break off, but there's some relearning that we can do. And then once we get consistent at it, we can say, okay, yes, I will be able to retire at X age, or I will be able to leave a certain amount of assets to my children and my children's children, as the word says. Um, You know, financial well being right now is very prevalent. We're seeing it all over the place. We're having good conversations. And this Awareness Month, which is April, is a time for us to continue to have those conversations, but to link arms one to another with, you know, maybe a financial coach or even a planner or an advisor if you feel like you're ready for that. Um, But I definitely believe that this is a time, pandemic or not, for us to really be clear about where our position is and make some choices to do something different. I love all of that. Um, I recently uh, did a scope right before my mother passed. I I did a financial uh, layout. I wanted to see like where I was, because keep in mind, I had been off a while dealing with the illness of my mom. I actually had projects in the works that I had to cancel some things I lost money on while my mom was ill. Um, and it was a it was a challenge at first. I was like, I just want to go work for somebody. I don't even want to deal with entrepreneurship, but that's in my blood. I just can't. I just cannot do that. So I felt like I needed to have a more diversified portfolio is more my thing. The multiple streams of income. That's what I'm more comfortable with. But in order, of course, I got old now I'm closer to 50. So if you're closer to 50, you need to think about you can't work forever. So you do have to, as uh, Dr. Constance said, you have to reimagine your money and you have to think about this pandemic will probably impact your finances more so than someone else that's younger than you, because they will have the time to recover. Yeah, You are on the clock anyway by your age and mm-hmm. by your ability to work. So you have to think about um, how we will probably 
unfortunately for many, they may die working. Um, mm. And so we have to think about having those things with our self-producing income or like um, Dr. Constance said, just those multiple streams of income. And these are the conversations that we need to have. And this is where you need to have a financial expert. And let me say this. That's what I did. I've been in business for 30 years, but yeah. I've always had to reimagine my business. That's how I've been able to be in business of any kind for 30 years. So mm. like I said, before there was the little talks, there was second to none. And like I said, I still have a portion of second to none and I have the stiletto talks and I do educational curriculum. So this is the type of things that we have to talk about is these diversified portfolios. But I know finance is not my ministry. <laughs> entrepreneurship is. I can mm. tell you a lot about entrepreneurship. But if you're talking about savings bonds, stocks, bonds, IRAs, anything that I know about any of that, I got there from an expert. And I know that we always think I could do it myself. I can do it myself. I can do it myself. But sometimes there are clarifying questions that you may have. And without you having those answers, you're still going to make mistakes, even though you may have knowledge. So I would suggest get in these groups. Uh, Dr. Constance has a safe space. It's already there. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. She has a space where you can learn, where you can talk with other people about your finances, where you can hear other people going through some of your challenges, where they can help celebrate your success when you save. You save because if you can't save $1, you can't save five. That's what my grandmother said. Mm -hmm. If you can't save five, you can't save 10 because it means you lack discipline and our culture lacks discipline in many areas but specifically finance and what i know about us whether we from hollywood to hollywood we will fall out with somebody behind some money um and so to that we must be diligent as dr constant stated in this season of reimagining our finances and taking the time now that the plan feels a little bit level because a lot of people took losses across all races across all social economic status and what you see is there are more plans more inclusive of us so mm-hmm. we should not redline ourselves and i'm going to say that again we should not redline ourselves if you don't know what it means look it up or get the book called the color of law and that will help you out i'm telling you you're going to have to be honest enough about your finances and get in these safe spaces to learn so right. that way if you don't take up maybe with a doctor constantly say, hey, I feel like I want a person that's close in my area. It doesn't stop you from still being in there to get that safe space to, to learn and become educated in those spaces. And then for some of you who do not like to pay for anything, if you have a business and you want someone to pay you, then you're going to have to pay somebody that can help you keep that business. You need a team. If you do not need help, your vision is not big enough. So I do, I do not even suggest that. What I suggest for you to do, especially because of money and dealing with taxes and, and whether or not you paid enough taxes or maybe you need to put something in a, uh, some type of SEPT account or something like that. You see, I got these terms. I didn't come up with that on my own. I have financial help. You yeah. need to get the help. So to that, we need to know how can we keep in touch with you outside of today? Because of course we could probably go on and on because we talk about money and it's some good conversation too. <laughs> and, and Dr. Constance is so easy to talk to and she's sharing her own personal story with you. Like she said, as soon as she started becoming more knowledgeable about finance and launched a business about finance, she mm-hmm. had to file bankruptcy. So she was really at the bottom. And this is yep. a space where she may not be there today. This is a space that some people may be in 
in today. And so it doesn't mean that you can't have it, but we got to put in the work, y'all, just like with anything in order to have the things that we need. So, of course, if you love what you're hearing, we need to make sure that you stay connected with her long past this interview long past. If you're not on the podcast, you definitely want to be able to subscribe to her and, and get directly with her to make sure you're getting those tidbits and those nuggets to avoid the mistakes. And so if you know, again, if you don't like to pay, at least get some of the nuggets. I'd rather see you with some crumbs than with nothing. That's so right. how do we get in touch with you? How do we stay connected with you across all of your websites and social media? How do we um, stay connected with you? Yeah, very easily. I uh, consistently have my profile handles as my name at C. Craig Mason at C. Craig Mason on all of your platforms from Facebook to TikTok, LinkedIn, C. Craig Mason. My website is Concierge FG. That's F is in Frank. G as in girl, conciergefg.com. And uh, yeah, just DM me, inbox me, have any questions for me. I'll be happy to assist. Um, I also can do a a free tip sheet that I often give away. It's called Five Things Keeping You From Financial Clarity. And if you go to bit.ly forward slash clarity ahead, you can get that tip sheet and I can stay in touch with you there. Uh, again, bit.ly forward slash clarity ahead is a tip sheet for five things keeping you from financial clarity. Well, Dr. Constance, I cannot thank you enough for sharing your truth with us, for sharing how you got started, for sharing that you started out at a transitional phase, that you actually transitioned out of um, the workspace into uh, entrepreneurship. And even when you had bumps in the road, you still reimagined yourself and kept going. And I love where you're going. I see you in so many spaces. Um, y'all don't really realize who you're getting this information from, but when you Google her, cause she is Google above, when you get this information and realize who you're getting advice from, I think that you all will be well pleased to know that these are the type of people that Stiletto Talks are connected to because we are dedicated. I have just been charged with dedicating my personal life to making sure that women of color and entrepreneurship never go through some of the things that I've gone through. And I want to make sure that you understand that we are all here for you. We support you. We love you. We want to see you win. We don't want to leave no sister behind and we do everything in these safe spaces. And so we deal with people who also have safe spaces and want to see you win from a genuine place. Um, it's not just like it's all these big names where you feel like, oh, these, this is so commercialized. We're talking about authentic folks giving you authentic truth. And if you can handle the truth. We have some people that will speak that truth to you, into you, and hopefully you'll be able to share it and pass that forward because that's how we change communities. That's how we build strong businesses and that's how we maintain. So if you like what you have heard today, please share, share, share. Uh, she's so pretty today on here, y'all, that um, not only will she be on here, but she'll also be on the Stiletto Talks YouTube page because you need to see her, know her <laughs> face because I know some of y'all, I don't, I hear her voice, but I don't know her face. So you're going to get the face with it. You're going to get the whole thing with it. Um, And then, of course, she'll be featured on our blog. Um, So if you're listening to this today for the first time, she is also on the Stiletto Talks blog. You'll be able to um, stay connected, subscribe to the Stiletto Talks um, podcast. We're on on every 
outlet possible regarding um, podcasting. And so, again, we thank you so much for being here with us. Thank you for your authenticity. Thank you for your truth. Um, I know some of the personal challenges you've had as far as your health. And I just want to say you look absolutely amazing. You look like the picture of health. Thank you. And you, you look, you're just glowing. And that's what living in your purpose looks like, y'all. If you do the work, and I'm telling you, sometimes it's a little grimy. It's, it's not always pretty. Things right. are always difficult before they are easy. You look so well, and it is so great to see you operating and growing in your purpose. Um, and Dr. Constance, I say to you, just keep growing and going because you help others know that it's possible. Um, if they think yeah. it, that it's possible. And so we so, so, so appreciate you. Um, so... Everyone, thank you so much for joining us. Um, again, my name is Paula Hutchinson. I am the CEO and founder of the Stiletto Talks, where we create collaborative safe spaces for women. We want to see you win. We love you. We honor you. Um, know that you're here for a purpose, and we want to see you operating your purpose and win. So stay connected with us. Stay with us for the next time. Of course, this will air um, up the week, first week in May. Um, so that's when you will all see this. If you are on YouTube, um, that's when you'll first see it in May. Um, she'll launch the same day on the website as well. Um, but definitely stay connected. Stay connected to us because we have some great people coming along. We also have the Stiletto Talks magazine that will launch on June 1st. So you will continue to see us just grow these spaces for uh, women of color to be able to provide and learn and also to connect all across this country and eventually around the world. We speak worldwide expansion so that we can make sure that every woman of color feels safe and able to grow and honor her truth. So thank you all so much for joining us.